Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Encanto and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain? We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Taryn Ryan's Princess Diaries. Ahoy, mateys! <laughs> Shiver me timbers! Yar, ye <laughs> landlubbers and old salty sea dogs! All are welcome at Tara and Ryan's Pirate Diaries! Ooh! Ooh. <laughs> This is stupid. I love it. Hello. We are today, today, we are doing 2003's Pirates of the Caribbean. The Curse of the Black Pearl. The Curse curse of the Black Pearl. Caribbean or Caribbean, let us know which one you use. Dealer's choice. I read, I'd like you to look this up too, because I forgot to. My thumbs are only so fast, my dear. (laughs) I read that it is the 10th highest grossing franchise ever. I want to know what number one is. That's probably Star Wars. That's what I thought, but I was wondering if you could look that up after this. Um, It came in fourth this year in 2003. This is something I feel like we've forgotten to do a while. We didn't do it for Brandy Cinderella because it was a TV movie. Yeah. mm -hmm. But it actually came behind, in reverse order, The Matrix Reloaded, Finding Nemo, and The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Oh, okay. Um, We're doing this one as part of our regular series because we want to kind of get into the movie ride ones. This one was such a cultural thing when it came out. Do you remember when this came out? Oh, yeah. I, I I can't recall if I saw it in the theater. I may have. But I definitely owned it on DVD, and it was one of those ones that was comforting for me for whatever reason so like I would play it before I'd go to sleep and stuff and so sometimes I'd wake up and you'd get the the menu music do you remember I can't remember what it is but like I would like that would be in my dreams because I'd fall asleep with it on I fell asleep one time with the Arrested Development oh that one I've done that before yes and then Buffy the Vampire Slayer had like kind of a weird ambient like thing Mm -hmm. the 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 it's like it's it's the worst something some kids are out there are like dvds Uh um highest grossing franchises of all time yes um this i don't know what this list is because the first thing it says is winnie the pooh it's it says winnie the pooh is 73.7 billion we'll look and see what's 10 and see if it's pirates and then no pirates isn't on here for a while but it's got some interesting huh some of them, I think, I I don't think it's movie franchises. Yeah, can you These look are just up? Franchises. Yeah, look up. But movie the number franchise. one on here, I will say, seems to be Winnie the Pooh. Uh, that makes at sense. Seventy three point seven billion. Actually, that makes followed sense. Followed by to Pokemon, me. and then Mickey Mouse and Friends, and then finally Star Wars. Okay, here are the highest grossing movie franchises of all time: uh, Despicable Me, Transformers, Lord of the Rings at twelve. Uh, Jurassic Park at 11, and X-Men at 10. Oh, interesting. DC Universe at 9, Fast and Furious at 8, Batman at 7. I don't think Pirates is on here anymore. That might be an old... It was. It may have been an old fact, yeah. Uh, but I... Oh, number one is Marvel now. Oh, and then is Star Wars behind Marvel? Yes. Um, so that in, makes sense. So right. at one point, it was the 10th. It was a big deal. I remember that. Um, I, we did want to do this because we want to get some of the... the we want to kind of add the movie rides to this. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels like they did this franchise and they tried to do other movie ride franchises. There's the Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy, that is... Which we've not seen. Um, That'll be on a... Uh, that'll be a... 
October one mm. some of the year. Jungle Cruise Jungle is one Cruise, that I want to see, but it, we haven't. We it will be next week's mini tale. Mm-hmm. Um, Country Bears they did, which is also yeah. kind of a big failure. But like, uh, and then Tomorrowland, that's one we'll probably do in our Pixar season when we get mm. near the Brad Bird stuff. Um, but yeah, like this one has by far had the most popularity, the most cultural yeah. resonance. Mm-hmm. And you said you you don't remember seeing the theater, Tara. I remember exactly where i sat i see i remember I feel like who I'm, i saw it with oh, i don't know why this one latched onto my yeah. head i'm it feels like i would have seen it in the theater but again i don't have a very specific memory so i saw it with a bunch of guys from band there was a lot of everyone yelling yarr, 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 yeah. like during the credits uh-huh. we thought it was going to be like a midnight movie where we we're going to be joking about it the whole time like and, and mm-hmm. stuff and it blew us away. Yeah, it was, I loved it. I remember seeing it. And I'm excited. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. We did a rewatch, right, of all of them? No, because we bought all of them and then oh, we never did a right. rewatch. Oh, that's right. We never did the rewatch. Because we never so. seen the fifth one. Yes, that's what it is. Um, I want to say one more thing because you said it was a DVD that stuck in you. Tara, it was a really important DVD to me as well. It was, I would constantly put it on with the directors, the commentary mm. with Gore Verbinski yes. and Johnny Depp. Yeah. And do when I was at the Guild Hall and just do my level design homework. Mm. Like, the yeah, I'm stuff. sure I watch it with commentary because I watch a lot of things with commentary. So it was definitely that one. and, and Shaun I, of the Dead. Yes, I love the Shaun Crusade. of the Dead. And for me, it was Love Actually commentary yeah. was another one that I would watch a lot. But I have some specific facts from the commentary as well, well that I'll share. But I wanted to go into the ride. Oh, you want to go on the ride first? I wanted to just do a couple facts about like the movie itself. Okay, just basic sure. facts. And then, yeah, I'd love to go into the ride. Uh, I read that it had a budget of $140 million, And I read that at box office, it was $654.3 million. So it made a stupid amount of money. Yes. Uh, it was the first film under Walt Disney Pictures banner to be rated PG-13. Mm-hmm. So I found that interesting as well. Uh, the world premiere was at Disneyland. So I thought that was cool. I didn't realize that. It was in Anaheim yeah, and in they, the park, I think. On water. Like oh, they that's built cool. it on like Tom's they built the big screen that's on like Tom Sawyer's cool. Island and you looked out over it and they brought like the you know, it was Kira Knightley, Orlando Bloom uh, Jeffrey Rush, Johnny Depp, Jack Davenport, who I think they thought was going to be a bigger part of this series and he ended up being, but yeah. I, he's really great. Jack Davenport is Commander Norrington. Mm-hmm. Um, so they brought them out like in a boat and they like went around and waved. They had a big... Oh, that's neat. They had a big... Um, red carpet and there was a shot where this little girl like snuck out under the carpet and like ran up to under the like velvet rope and ran up to Johnny Depp with yeah. a uh, a poster and you see everyone kind of turn like and do kind of a, oh my god what's happening and then realizing it's a little girl and they're all yeah. like oh hey and he just signs uh-huh. it and kind of, like, quietly like sends her back and waves at everybody That's fun. but you can tell everybody just out of the corner of their eye saw like movement towards Johnny yeah. Depp and we're like go 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 oh it's a little girl we're good we're good yeah uh <laughs> I also read it was nominated for five Oscars, so it didn't win any, but it won lots of other awards along the way. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of wanted to get those kind of basic facts out of the way, and I'd love to talk about the ride, but first I want to talk about our history with the ride. Not our joint history, but individually. Mm, for okay. me, I've only been on it in Disney World. I've never been to Disneyland. So I have I, not been to Disneyland either. Okay, so for me, it's the Disney World version, Yeah, and I... It was my grandfather's favorite ride as a kid, and he lived in Hollywood, Florida, which was not 
Terry, it was several hours from Orlando, but we would go every so often when we'd visit, we would do like a Disney World trip um, when we'd go and visit him. Mm -hmm. And so it was a must ride because it was his favorite and it became one of my favorites, I think, because of that. Yes. And I I love the little dip, like when you go down, like it was like just enough because I didn't love super intense rides when I was younger but that was like just enough of a like thrill right like it wasn't scary but it was enough that it like fulfilled that for me I feel like when I was younger I will say I wanted I remember the dip very specifically because I I, I liked a little I don't like huge thrill rides but I liked a little bit more than that I, I was the a little Pirates bit of, of a scaredy cat that, when I was a kid for stuff like that. that as I got older I tried to get a little bit more adventurous but like it took me a really long time to go on an upside down roller coaster I, I think that one <laughs> that dip and we could probably talk like 20 full minutes about that dip yeah because I was like why well, have this here like you know what I'm saying it was nothing uh-huh. it was just it was basically like if someone like weighed it out to the boat and like shook it a little bit like like that was the amount of thrill you got from that i remember always looking at my dad and being like can we go on something with you know a log flume like i like like something a little bit more thrill righty um i love we once got stuck between the (laughs) between the 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 thing where they're shooting cannons at the port yeah Mm -hmm. which is an okay scene if you're not there for we weren't there for 20 minutes, but it felt like 20 minutes yeah. because then you're get, like, when you go through, it's like, oh, maybe you'll get splashed once. Mm-hmm. If you're just sitting there and the cannonballs are going off, you get splashed <laughs> every time. And so my, it becomes a true water so ride. Of the three of us who went, me, my dad, my mom, I want you to real quick guess who was probably the most complaining oh, yeah. about getting uh-huh. wet the whole time. Well, especially when you're not planning on it. It's different if you go on a log flume or you go on a ride that like the rapids, you know, yes. you're going to get wet, right? This well, wasn't really sold as you're getting wet. I think on this it. was the trip we went where it rained almost all the time. So we had poncho. So I remember very distinctly, I'm going to take your poncho yeah. and putting it on in the ride and then looking at me and giving her laugh. You, you know, yes, this is mostly uh-huh. for you. Anyone who knows my mom. But like her just being like, why are we stuck here? Yeah. Just move us up a little bit. And then just everyone's being like, Sierra's, you know, please remain seated. Yes, blah, 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 uh-huh. in Spanish but you didn't get a walk off. Well, no, we. I don't, they would have had to drain the pool. Well, you don't think that there's got to be, if you get stuck on it, there's got to be some sort of a platform that's hidden or something. You don't think? Maybe we didn't get a walk you could, off. Yeah, because like if they we can't def- get it back up and running, you're not just going to be stranded in I, the water. I distinctly remember being stranded in the water. I also remember us moving forward like six inches and then stopping again. And then again. stopping again, yeah. Um, but but if, anyone, if anyone has had a walk off on Pirates, I'd yeah, love to hear about it. Yeah, especially those big water spots. Yeah. Um, but did you have a favorite character? I always loved the dog with the key, which they include in the series. Uh, I think in the first one, right? In this one, the yes. dog with the key is in this one. Uh, but they started including a lot of the characters from the ride in the movie. Mm-hmm. And so it is fun to spot that. But I'm curious if there was like a specific scene or a specific character. And I also liked the guy with his gross foot hanging. Yes. Now, did you were you told that you were supposed to stand up and try and tickle his foot? I don't remember. Okay. I don't First think so. First of all, so. don't stand up on the ride and try and tickle his foot. Yeah. But I remember my mom kept telling me, you have to, you have to try and yeah, tickle his foot. Yeah, I don't think no one told me that. And then I start to stand up and I think my dad would go, don't stand up on the ride. You know, like it yeah. was just a trick they did to oh, me. Oh, got it. You know, where it was like, so I was like really nervous to stand up and try and tickle his foot. It was like, let's see how close I can get. Oh my God, I can actually, I could touch it. Don't yeah. do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like, I remember that they did a making of of the thing and like his hair on his foot, like the top of his foot is like 
they real really specifically like woven in and all that stuff. Um, you know, I rem- it's funny because I I very distinctly remember all the scenes that they have since changed of like the one that was where they're like auctioning off the women. Yes, and then. There's one where it used to be the men chasing the women and they kind of on like the turn things Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and they like they I don't know if they've gotten rid of all of them, but they've just kind of mixed it. So it's not just like the pirates are only chasing women. It's like they're chasing people. Yeah. And we we just running through with no not chasing anyone. Full disclosure. It's been over 10 years since I've been. Yeah. And I don't I don't know if I've actually been since they've done the changes. There was one scene where there was like a guy looking at like a woman's corset and then like an obviously like naked woman is like jumping out of a barrel. And now they've changed it. So it's like the guy's looking for Jack and Jack's coming out of the barrel. Because that's the thing is they've added Jack. Yes, Sparrow, I knew they've they added, added Captain him. Barbosa. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know Barbosa was added. Barbosa is now the pirate, the captain on the ship that's attacking Port Royal. Oh, interesting. Um, which is kind of who he was based off of in the first. He had okay. a couple lines in the movie yeah. that they've taken straight from there. This was the last ride that Walt had direct. Oh, look, okay. Uh, uh, stuff over and actually opened up, I believe, the year after his death. Got it. Um. It, I had a couple facts from it. Okay. Uh, the last Disneyland attraction personally supervised by Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was originally envisioned as a New Orleans-themed blue biomart featuring a pirate wax museum oh. where you just kind of walk through. Yeah. Uh, it has the blue bayou restaurants so oh, where you yeah. can like look. I wanna o- go, this is the Disneyland yeah, one. Yeah, I want to go there. They Because of the theme park podcast we listen to, they, everybody talks about that mm-hmm. restaurant. That's definitely on my list when we finally make our way there. Uh well, the thing that's interesting, I think, about that is I feel like in a lot of theme park blog, blogosphere stuff, there's a lot of talk about the smell, like a very distinctive yeah, watery smell. Yeah, the water smell. smell, and I can picture it. You can get, Or not like, picture it, but you know what I mean, smell it. There are candles that mm-hmm. are purported to have the smell of the pirates, Yeah, they ride. do like theme park candle scents, yeah. Let's get one, and we'll do a little video of us seeing if we think it smells like it. Okay. Um... There's the canal you go through is 1,838 feet. Wow. There are approximately 120 animated characters. And is this the Disneyland one or the Disneyland? Disneyland. I'm just talking about the Disneyland so one. So is the Disney World one a, a, an identical replica? Do you know? N- no. I mean, it's it's it, 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 it like you could definitely tell the difference. It's hitting the same beats, but it's like some. It's just the space it's in it's is a little different. different. Okay. Um, that one opened to the 70s, I believe. Okay. Uh, Disney Imagineer X Atencio, uh, who wrote the attraction's memorable tune, Yo-Ho, A Pirate's Life for Me, is the voice of the Jolly Roger Skull and Crossbones scene just before the guests plunge down the waterfall. Oh, that's cool. Also, uh, this one isn't in here, but I know this Paul Freeze does the voice. Paul Freeze, the ghost host, does some of the voices in here. Oh, neat. Approximately four. It says approximately 400 million guests have ridden Pirates of the Caribbean since its opening in 1967, but I don't know when this fact is from, so it's probably way more. Yeah. Uh uh, approximately 400,000 pieces of gold coins and set pieces were added to the attraction during a lengthy refurbishment in 2006 when some of the film's characters were added to the story. Mm. And yeah, that's about it. Okay, cool. uh, there's another Pirates. There's So there's other versions of, I think, this ride, I think, in, in, in Paris. But the one in Shanghai is a completely different ride. Oh, and it's compl- well. That's the is that the same? Where's the haunted mansion? That's completely different. Is that also Shanghai or is that Hong- that one in Paris is different? 
uh, the Tokyo one. Tokyo. I don't the think one. they have the haunted mansion. They have the Tower of Terror. That's kind of their haunted Maybe mansion. Maybe that's okay. Yeah. But the Shanghai one is based uh, totally on the movie. It's actually mostly based on the second movie. It feels like because it's mm. like you're trying to escape Davy Jones. Oh. And it, okay. We may watch it. Uh, a ride through. It's in Mandarin or Cantonese. But it's like there are animatronics, but mostly it's big screen things. But it's done where it's these giant screens and like it's water coming right up to your actual water. So it looks like it's just extending it. Oh, cool. It's really neat. I'd love to check it out. It's a little more thrill ride. You know, part of the thing about these old rides is kind of the charm. Like, yeah, I don't want anyone to try and make it. I I love dark rides that are kind of slow and Mm -hmm. taking through a bunch of cool animatronics. Slow. Slow, I love slow boat rides. Best ride is living with land. And uh, (laughs) it. but this new one looks really cool and it's worth kind of doing. And it has a big plunge at the end where you go yeah. backwards. A little bit more like a log flume unless oh, you like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't mean to like shame you because. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that one, right? It was just to be, I was just like, I'd go off and I'd be like, that thing could have been 10 feet. Like it could have been a 10 foot drop, yeah. <laughs> you know, or something. But anyway. Um, All right. Well, let's I've, go to the movie. Yeah. So I've got things to look out for, some fun facts along the way. So mm-hmm. do you want me to just dive in with those or. Let me pull up my in. notes. Uh, written by Teddy Elliott and Terry Rosio and directed by Gore Verbinski. Okay. Uh, shot mostly in the Caribbean. Do you have stuff about being shot so in the Caribbean? So I had that a lot of it was done in in the studio. So I guess, did they build a studio in the Excuse Caribbean? Me. I I added mostly but they did shoot on saint vincent which was the where the town was yes they i had read but now i have to find that specific fact where i had like a specific number of days that they actually shot on location and it wasn't a lot it boils down to they 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 the pier anything where you see like the background they've either shot those plates in saint vincent or they're actually in saint vincent shooting the uh Fort is in Marine Land in Rancho Palma, Palma Verde in California, along with the town. Like anytime they're running through the town and wrecking the town and blowing up the town of yeah. Port Royal. Okay, this that's is a set. Only six days of the production were shot at sea. Oh, so oh, at that sea. at sea. So that's what I had in my brain and I couldn't remember. That was interesting because they talk about they made I'm gonna put in air quotes here, miniatures of the boats. Oh and okay. I'll go into how they did all the stuff with the yeah. boat. But they did miniature. So they did this shot where it's like one of them at sea and the the storm raging. I'm like, oh, what a beautiful shot. And then they zoom out and there's a guy who's about half as big as the boat. Yeah. Standing next to him. I'm like, oh, that's a model. Like, that's like it was. Cool. That's how cool it was. Yeah. And they would. But it's just some dude in a rain slicker, like on the other side of the yeah. <laughs> the tank. It's in. yeah. And just zoom out a little. He appears. He looks like Godzilla walking up to the boat. <laughs> I read that uh, a lot of the casting crew got seasick. And in an attempt to stop seasickness, uh, Kira Knightley took a travel sickness pill and she wound up falling asleep. I <laughs> so, heard that too. Yeah, I so think it was yeah, more than her. They I, would... Yeah, there may have been others too, but I read that. Another thing about the water, since we're kind of focused on that, this was kind of a big deal. I, I, I had never mm-hmm. heard this and I would have thought it would have been more public knowledge, but maybe they were trying to keep it uh, on the down low when they were filming. But returning from one of the... Caribbean islands during a night shoot Kira Knightley at the time was 17 so her mom yeah. was with her and so they were a returning little, it's a little iffy considering like how leery the main cast gets about her and they're oh. all at, like the closest person yeah. to her age is like 
11 years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she was on a night shoot and they were taking a boat back to where right. they were staying. Do you know this story? No, I, I know that they, okay. like the big thing they was they would fly, they, they rented a 747, they flew it into St. Lucia, which is another island because yeah. it's the closest one because St. Vincent was where they shot and they would have to like put everyone on a boat and like Gore Verbinski would talk about, we'd be, we'd go out to the boat, we'd shoot on, see, we start shooting and all of a sudden you turn around, there's this huge armada of small boats carrying sandwiches for everyone to eat lunch. Yeah. Like, it's like it was just all the time boats going back and forth and back and forth. So they stopped doing night shoots this way because of what happens to Kira Knightley. So Kira Knightley is on a boat, which just her, her mom and the skipper on the boat and they hit a reef and they went down. Oh my god! And they were all unharmed. No one was harmed. Uh, they were rescued, but that determined that the rest of the island night shoots were filmed in the studio. That's really funny. So that's why none of the other island night shoots. So I don't know where in the process this was, but apparently I read well, another fact. Well, hold on, can I jump in real quick? Yeah. Because the movie makes a big thing where they go, or the making of I saw was like, well, of course it'd be too dangerous to shoot at night. So we did most of the night stuff in a studio. It's because of that. <laughs> and the other thing is, apparently the local locals were telling them it's dangerous to be out at night because of all the reef like we don't we don't take boats out at we don't take boats out at night because of all of the different reefs mm -hmm. and Johnny Depp apparently made a comment and was like well they're smart of course they're not going to go out at night and then this happened yeah. and then they decided not to do that anymore mm -hmm. uh, and then one other just water fact that I found funny and then I'll, I'll let you uh, chime in with some most of Jack Sparrow's hats wound up being made out of rubber because Johnny Depp kept losing them overboard. <laughs> and so apparently after he lost 10, so he was up to 10, he lost his 10th hat and then the costume designer figured out another way to make them so they would float. That's funny. So, um, Man, I've got a lot of ways I can go off of there, but I'm going to go with the boat stuff for a second okay. because they, there's three major boats. Okay. This. There's the Dauntless, there's the, the Black, Black Pearl. Pearl, and the Interceptor. Mm. They actually made a completely... They didn't make it, excuse me. They redid a a, a replica of a, of a that era ship, mm. and they repainted it and did all this stuff. Uh, it was called the something Washington. And it was like full size. Lady Washington is the Interceptor. It was the smallest one of them. It's the ones they say, well, this is a small ship, you know, it goes but fast. It, but it's a full size, like, yeah, 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 yeah So yeah, that yeah. one's one when you see that all the way around you're actually probably seeing That's that cool. ship. The other ones, they built over like iron barges. Oh, neat. So like essentially th there's on one side, you've got the full side of the pearl, but on the other side, there's like big holes where like you just see like, a, it looks like a pontoon almost, mm. almost. And it's all built around it. People are just walking around inside. Yeah. And then the insides are set. I thought that was really interesting. I'll try to get some pictures up of how those look because I thought that was really, really cool. Um, yeah. Otherwise, it's like a miniature... Or uh, sometimes they'll fill in some of the gaps with a little bit of CG. Mm. But this one, this is this is the one they do before they have the giant budget. After it makes a ton of money, then they start well, dumping yeah, tons the budget, of budget. Into I it. mean, was nothing crazy, but they made the amount they made off mm -hmm. the budget they had was wild. Well, yeah, with marketing, with with merchandising, with yeah. everything else, yeah, just yeah, went, yeah. just went crazy. Um, let me talk a little bit, I guess, since you were talking about about the costume design. Uh, Penny Rose was a costume designer that I would say one of the, the the underrated but best parts of this movie is the costume and makeup 
Because yes, I have some very specific facts about both of those, so I'll let you talk. And then yeah, I'll hop go in into whenever you hear something. Yeah. Um, they made a big deal about when they were reading the... Uh, it was like all the crew was like, well, is this going to be like a real pirate movie or mm-hmm. is this going to be like a bunch of guys just waving swords? They started reading and they're like, no, this feels like they're trying to make a real spot. And they did a big thing where he was like, I don't want like hook hands. I don't want... I don't want like... Uh, some of them will have peg legs, but I don't want it to be like... To feel like I want it to feel like it did. They had a historian, Peter Twist. Peter Twist was a historical advisor, and he'd talk about all the military history, all the little parts. But they would basically there was they based before they went out there, they just made nine hundred costume pieces. Oh wow! And they just and then all the extras showed up, and they go, "Okay, we're gonna put this on you. We're gonna put this yeah. on you, whatever." And it was basically like you as you an extra, you walked in, and they'd go, "Okay, there's an empty makeup chair. You're gonna go do makeup first. Or they'd be like, "Oh, there's an empty costume chair. You're gonna oh, do a co- wow. like it was just like go. Yeah. And it was just them putting all the stuff on. They spent all this time making them look super like dirty. Yeah. There was they said they had the best clothes distressor in the business. One of the things the costume designer did was she rented a cement mixer. She loaded it with bricks and she put all the costumes in there and just oh, set it on. Oh, that's And so cool. like, she's like, yeah, I get all this stuff and it looked yeah. brand new and I needed it to look like it had yeah. been on them for a while. So going oh, in... Oh, oh. One more thing. And then Jack yeah. uh, Jack Davenport, who plays Norrington, mm-hmm. he comes in and he, it was so funny. Like everyone, he gets to him, he goes, I was so happy and I put on my stuff and then I walk out and everyone's got like little Grit. bobbles yeah. and these things. He's great. He's like, everyone, look, I, I, he's like, he, he goes, what did he say? He was like, I look like a cookie or something. Like yeah. a, I look like a glass of milk. Like he, like it was something I would say where he's uh-huh. like, I look like nothing and everyone else just looks so yeah. cool. So I have a lot of different things about the makeup, but going back to what you were saying about uh, the history and like having a historian, East India Company was the real life counterpart of the East mm-hmm. India Trading Company that they they talk about. And they really did brand pirates back in the day, but with a P, but it wasn't on their arm. It was on their forehead, which I thought was way more intense. Yeah. So, uh, so that was how that worked. I also read with Johnny Depp... Um, he has a lot of tattoos and so they were very strategic about his clothing and charcoal smears to conceal a lot of his tattoos the famous jack sparrow tattoo on his arm was fake but he got a real replica after finishing the film he said it was in honor of his son jack but i mean it goes on to be probably representing a lot of things along Mm -hmm. the way another thing i found interesting they made contacts for him that served as sunglasses yes i have that so he wouldn't squint in the sun i didn't even know that that was a thing that like you could get contacts that would be sunglasses a ton of really cool con look at their eyes um yeah kieran there's something with kieran knightley i read but i didn't write it down they would do stuff like they would put them in and make their eyes less glassy or something yeah um What's his name? Lee Ehrenberg, I believe, is his name. Who plays? Mm. There's like the two pirates. And I don't remember. It's Mackenzie Crook and Lee Ehrenberg, both who kind of just have piratey sounding names. Lee Ehrenberg is like the short one with long hair but bald on top, and he's got just yellow eyes. So yeah. it's jaundice. And the other yeah. guy's the one with the wooden eye. Mm-hmm. And he had like all these different contacts. Like one was so when you got up close to it, it was thick, so it looked like oh, it had depth to it. It was cool. made of wood. Yeah, he plays. Uh, in the original British office, he's there, Dwight. Oh, okay. So just, this yeah. Is, this is interesting thing. Uh, so another makeup thing with Johnny Depp specifically, he apparently has a, and we got to watch out for this, he has a small scab on his jawline and apparently it gets bigger and bigger throughout the film and it was a prank that Johnny Depp and the makeup artist, they just, it was like their own little inside thing that they wanted to do. Do you remember from the thing, the, 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 the director's commentary, what he wanted to do with the character? I can't remember. He wanted to have 
uh, Jack had lost his nose. Yes, but had had yes, it, yes, like, yes, yes. Back Disney on, said no to and that. It was, but yeah. it was like dead on mm-hmm. his face. Yeah. And so he was like, the only thing he fears is pepper or whatever that would make him sneeze. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, there, and Disney was like, no, you, yeah. you're leading, like you're already doing a lot of weird yeah. stuff. He also, um, something I didn't write it down, but with the gold cap teeth, mm-hmm. he wanted a certain amount. They wanted a certain amount. So he had the dentist overdo it. And then they got down to the amount that Johnny Depp really wanted. I think is like what happened with that. That's like the brief thing. But I also wanted to talk about Kira Knightley and her busty transformation. Can I say one more costuming thing? Yes. There is a pirate in here named, I believe, Jacoby, who has his beard is always on fire. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you read about how they did that? Mm -mm. They basically stuffed his, they made these long dreads out of his beard and they're full of wire. And at the end, they have a little cap and they would shove incense in them and light oh, them yeah. to light him for every take and sometimes he'd be swinging around and he'd hit himself and burn himself oh my or he'd gosh. burn someone yeah. next to him that's crazy it's just like yeah they just did it pretty much yeah and they're like yeah he smelled like burned hair like all the time that anytime sucks. he went here uh, oh, one more thing sorry 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 false teeth yes the, apparently they spent a lot of because usually they just give people like cheap false teeth mm-hmm. they vacuum formed everyone's teeth oh, so wow. that it would be easy to continue like it wasn't like when you could tell someone has false teeth and like oh because if yeah. they have something in their mouth this was like really Get tight up against to, their, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so everyone had their own teeth and it was like a big deal of what he wanted to do i've got some more stuff about the skeletons but we'll get to that in a little bit yes i wanted to just talk this is one more makeup thing uh kira knightley has been interviewed and talked about her busty transformation and about how it was all about bosom makeup and so See, i wanted this is to the talk stuff I'm a little uncomfortable about with a 17 year old so yes, actress. I yes, I'm uncomfortable. I'm, uh, but she has like come out with saying yeah, no, that like fine. she was very excited about it because it. This is what I found cool about it. Apparently, this idea of bosom makeup is a skill from the Hollywood Golden Age. So to mm-hmm. make somebody look bustier than maybe they are, and Kira Knightley has been interviewed talking about how she, um. Is not well endowed. I'm trying to like not like. I mean, I, th- I, yes. I I'm trying not to be critical. I'm just saying she has made comments like her herself. That's the only reason why I'm saying it in that Look, way. She's a, she's one of the most gorgeous oh, women on the planet. Yeah. Like yes, but I just have something quote unquote not perfect. About I just don't her. want people to think I'm criticizing her. It's something that she has yes. come out and said, and so she was really fascinated by this as well. Um, this idea of making somebody bustier through makeups, through different shadow techniques and things like that, it kind of fell out of favor with silicone enhancement. And she was quoted, and I've got the quote on my phone, so that's what I wanted to read about. So this is a direct quote. Uh, she says, she absolutely loved it because it was the first time in my life that I had big and I didn't even need surgery. She said she said the process of creating the cleavage took 45 minutes every morning before filming started. So a makeup artist would apply a slightly darker shade of base makeup um, between her boobs and create a shadow to increase the cleavage effect. She also revealed on a talk show that her role involves constantly wearing cookies, which are the push-up padding, alongside the contour. I guess that's what they call them. It's in quotes. Uh, And that would be alongside the contour to make her chest appear like there's something there. I just found that whole process fascinating. And maybe, I don't know if that's... uh, For me, it was very fascinating because I've never really thought about how you get that look from makeup. I've thought about it as with with 
you know, prosthetics and and cookies, as they're calling them. I've thought about it in that way, but I've never thought about the role makeup plays to make you look a certain way and to make you look busty, especially for somebody who's in a corset for probably the entire film, right? So um, I hope that didn't make you uncomfortable, but I wanted to talk a little Maybe bit about super it. super uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> let's see. Ske- let's go the complete opposite and talk about skeleton. No, actually, I want to talk about the Swordmaster, the guy who did all this, the, the, the choreography stunts. Bob Anderson, who started his career working with Errol Flynn. Like, do you know Errol Flynn? Like, I know the name. So he's like 1950s. He played Robin Hood. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When it, it's a style of sword play. Like, mm-hmm. basically, this guy has done, has has trained all the masters. That's Got why it. the sword play in this is so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the big thing I want to say about him. Uh, one, This is kind of going to go into special effects. Is that okay? Yeah, I actually don't really have anything about the special effects. So, so go for it. This is before, I would say with Black or uh, Dead Man's Chest is when they start doing like, People are running around in the gray underwear with the dots all over themselves, and then they they're, they're used to like it's it, it's a little bit of a better process. They're able to kind of mocap from that. Yeah, this was the way that it is. They would shoot a scene with everybody, and they go, "Okay, do it again," and then they'd shoot them with nobody. Oh, with nobody who was the the skeletons. Yeah. So that's what it says. What I was saying here with the the fight scenes. That seems there were like a twice of, as amount of work. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, there's a reason they don't do it anymore, and there's mm. a reason I think I think this one, the skeletons. There's a lot of really good effects, and I think this movie looks good. But the skeletons are the things that hold up the least to me. But when and the I, way they move, their actual animation feels a little not like the actors who are doing that. But I remember seeing it and being blown away by it. Yeah, Because it was such a cool yeah. effect. Well, Especially when they're coming out of the water, like that moment when they're skeletons. They're walking and that, along yeah, the yeah, bottom. Yeah. I think it's that's so cool. so cool. Like, take a walk, boys. Yes. And when they walk in and out of moonlight, I think that's yes, really yes, cool. Yes, 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 yeah. Um, uh, so the next thing I'm going to say might be a spoiler. Skip ahead a few seconds. If you've, if not, you've not seen, seen it. it. Uh, when Johnny Depp takes the gold and he can turn into a skeleton. Yeah. Um, they had to shoot the scene like later with him and mocap and he kind of had to remember what he did that day so he they could do it but like on the day it was just okay shoot it without him and then we'll draw him in later and i think it looks a little bit that way like this movie helped these movies helped advance cg in a lot of ways i think but but the first one i think holds up the least but the way the skeletons look is really cool because they did they did a lot of as they put it meat to bone ratio studies and how much Uh how much gore was on them yeah how much you get away with uh, at one point they go, well, one thing we used to do is we, we use, and the guy like turns around and pulls up a bag of turkey jerky and he goes, <laughs> so here's one of our references for the meat on there. And I'm like, oh great. That's going to take me off turkey jerky yeah. for a while. Uh, spoiler. It actually probably won't. Um, so it was a lot of like, how much can we put on them? Like how can we put these skeletons over? I think the it, design it, of them is very it's cool. It's very cool. They did a lot of work, especially working with costuming to say, how do we make, we what's noticeable about these guys so when they're a skeleton version you go oh hey it's that guy yeah and you know exactly who they are um let me see if i have any other real quick uh i think that might be all the the stuff oh jack's pistol is a real pirate pistol oh like all the other ones are reproductions they yeah. bought one specifically wow. and like fixed it up and kind of like waterproofed it and everything mm. um but and, and, but it's an actual 17 that's cool that's really pistol. neat um, just because they wanted that that sort of of authenticity in the film. Yeah, I have uh, a couple facts about the monkey. Uh, the monkey, who's also named, we named the monkey Jack. Jack. Uh, so it's so well written. Yeah, like it's so it's funny. So good. Uh, but I think Barbosa 
is my favorite. Oh, you realize uh, we're going to be rating Barbosa ah, on our villains yes, list. Yes, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I love Barbosa so much. But um, the Monkey Jack is seen smiling, and it's about an hour and 30 minutes in. It's when Barbosa thanks him for returning uh, the Aztec coin. Mm-hmm. The monkey did that by chance. So that's not like an edited <laughs> thing. Like the live monkey did it. Also, they used two female monkeys. One was 10 years old, and its name was Tara. Oh, hey. And then one was eight years old, and its name was Levi. Not as as exciting. Not as exciting, but I had to mention that. Speaking of that cave, that cave was completely built. Yeah, the treasure cave. And it's supposed to feel the most like the ride. Like, that's supposed to be a a direct reference to the ride of just the caves you're in and the ride. There's hundreds of thousands of gold coins in there. Well, what I read, too, is it was ransacked of all of its props by the cast and crew before production wrapped. And that none of the Aztec coins, like, those were all gone. Like, when I think the director... There's like 800 some odd... Aztec coins. Yeah, yeah, like everyone ransacked and Johnny Depp talks about him going in with his daughter and taking stuff. Like everybody I think just took different uh, keepsakes from that treasure room. Well, because the big deal he said the prop master said was these guys don't, they're not art collectors. They're just out for riches. Yeah. So he basically goes, I just went to every prop house I could find and be like, that looks like period kind of specific and worth something. I'll take it. Like, yeah. like there was no mm-hmm. rhyme or reason to it. Yeah. Uh, I've got some facts about each specific actor of the main ones, so I thought Mm -hmm. I'd just give that. Uh, With Jeffrey Rush, this came off the DVD commentary. He had a theory that people watch screen from left to right, like most people read from left Mm -hmm. to right. And so he tried to be in the left side of the screen as often as possible. So I want us to look out for this. Because he said, particularly during scenes with the monkey and Kira Knightley, he didn't think anyone would look at him otherwise. So he made sure he was in the left-hand side, which I thought was interesting. Uh, Johnny Depp improvised different things uh, throughout the movie, but one of the most significant and iconic was the catchphrase savvy that was improvised oh i thought you're gonna say and then they made me their chief which is one of my favorite scenes <laughs> no the movie. i mean he could have i don't know if that was improvised or not i didn't come across jeffrey that. rush in the making of it's so funny watching him in and out of makeup because i don't think jeffrey rush you would ever call like oh he's so handsome but he is so incredibly good looking Especially when you compare it to the- outside <laughs> yes, when he's Barbosa, because yes. they do such a job of like the little details of Bar- Barbosa. I think they do his makeup so it looks like he's got he's not sunburned from like the nose up because of his because of his hat. Yeah, like they do such good things that with it's his just, skin too. His skin looks his awful. Hands are, yeah, he's got one fingernail that's like cracked all the way down. Yeah, it's it looks so, really good. Oof. The details on the makeup. I'm actually surprised they didn't win for makeup. I'm curious what won that year. Orlando Bloom asked if he could impersonate Johnny Depp and in the I movie. Keep, I so that impersonation. I Orlando Bloom was in this. Yes. So that impersonation of him when <laughs> he. he imper- yes. He like specifically wanted to not only impersonate Depp as Sparrow, but then wanted it in the film. Apparently he went to Bruckheimer and asked uh, if they could include it somewhere. Well, because Jack Sparrow was written like to be like, oh, yeah, he's like Errol Flynn. He's funny and haughty and, and kind of. Not nearly as clever as he thinks he is, but then he came in. He's like, I want him to be like Pepe Le Pew, and what's the other one he did? The 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 the, the Rolling Stone Keith who's Richards. lived forever. Yes. So what I what I read was the description was he was kind of like a rock and roll pirate, like yes. that. 
that was a descriptor that led him to Keith Richards. Right. So that's kind of why he he pulled from but that. Do you remember in the third movie, Keith Richards shows up as his dad? Yes. And then I think in the new one, Paul McCartney's in it. Like, oh, it's interesting. Very weird. Like these, this movie, these movies it's take on it's grew. Yeah, got too big for their britches real soon. Like I said. Uh, I think we might cut this out, so it's not like I said. They're working on a few others. There's one where they're trying to continue directly, I think. That would include Johnny Depp, or it would not include Johnny Depp? I think Depp. they're trying to distance That's Johnny what I'm Depp asked. from a lot yeah, of this was, stuff. We have not talked about that. I don't, we don't know that need we to. want if to. If you want to look up stuff about Johnny yeah. Depp and make your own conclusions, Opinions, fine. Yeah. Um, but I think there's the one with Karen Gillan, is they, is they want to take over as the lead. Uh, Nebula, and mm, she was yeah. in... Two Manji, yeah, and then Margot Robbie. There's, oh, okay. There's one where they want to do Margot Robbie as the woman in red from the original Pirates, but who eventually became like they when they redid that scene, so they're not auctioning off the women. Yeah, she's like a pirate, like red. Yeah, and then she became like a character, like she became a walk around character as Red the pirate. Yeah, so I think they want to do a story about her. One of them is going to be her. That's yeah. cool. Which I'm cool for doing more pirate movies. I think the biggest problem I have with them doing it now is if they kind of take the Marvel approach of like, eh, let's just do it. You know, I, you know, I don't want to say like do it on a soundstage because a lot of this was done on a soundstage, but they did it like on a big boat. There's like a lot of stuff that felt very tactile, and I feel yeah. like they've been moving away from that so much to get things done, and that's what made this so cool in a lot of ways was the 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 the, the actual attention to detail and costuming props yeah. makeup and all that and i hope they continue to do that and not just be like i'll oh, just cgi everything like a marvel movie yeah agreed i think it makes a huge difference and mm -hmm. i think i think some of those things that's why they still hold up all these years later is because it was not digitally done right yes. uh a couple other facts. Kira Knightley, apparently, she was so sure she was going to get fired after a few days of work, so she only packed a few things. So she didn't, like, pack for, like, the whole... She didn't pack for, like, the whole shoot. Mm. So I guess she was just very nervous about it. It's weird. Uh, but I remember from the Love Actually commentary... They talk about how they only had her, I think, for X amount of time because she was going to do the Pirates movie that they didn't think was going to make any money. Because apparently, up until this point, pirate movies were not super successful. And I read no, another they fact. they hadn't been for a long time. They were so expensive yeah, and shooting on water is exactly. so hard. Yeah. And I read another fact that De Niro was offered the role of Jack Sparrow and he declined it. Because he didn't think it would do well at the box office because it was a pirate pirate movie. All <laughs> there's yeah. a parrot in uh -huh. it. So be, due to like pirate movies not having this history of, of being successful. Well, the do you know Cutthroat Island at all? It was a Gina no. Davis pirate movie. Mm -mm. It was like the last big attempt at a pirate movie. It was done in the nineties. Oh, okay. And it was like such a huge flop, and it cost so much that I think it, it killed pirate movies for ten years. Ten, yeah. Uh, I also read that. Will Turner, that character, was between Orlando Bloom and Heath Ledger, and they chose Bloom because he was in Lord of the Rings trilogy, and they thought he'd be a more bankable option. And an inter, I know it's, but and and I'm, I would hope it's more than that. Like his talent, he's great as that role, but he's okay. I mean, I like. I him. could have easily seen someone else doing that role. You think? Yeah, I like him. But what I found interesting was the first theatrical trailer released was before Two Towers. And they did mm. that on purpose because Bloom was in that. 
so it was like that connection i mean too. i think heath ledger would have brought more an interesting take to the role but also I like agree with that, you kind of need a scoop of vanilla for yeah uh, up against johnny, johnny depp, depp. Mm-hmm. and i think will i think he's okay I, I think he's also an insufferable character in that and they make fun of him because he's always like, well, I'm going to save Elizabeth. Yeah. And Johnny Depp's like, Ugh. like that's part of the character yeah. is that he's well, and I read, a pain in the butt for all the all the morally gray characters. Yes. I read that Orlando Bloom wanted to play him more cool and they kept having to tell him, no, you're a dork. Like, yeah. you're a nerd. Like, you need to play like that side of well, it more. They He put something, he, he said, Will, Will isn't wearing a physical corset like, like Elizabeth. He's wearing a societal corset and mm. that he's worried about being improper and yeah. all this around her. And it's interesting because they, they referred to Elizabeth Swan as a, a modern woman in a pirate movie. And I'm kind of like, yeah, I guess she is. Because she was also like, oh, I thought it was going to be easy. I'd just like sit in the back of the, the boat and be like, oh, no, like, yeah, like whatever. She, and she's like, I had to do stunts. Mm-hmm. I had to do this. And then the second movie, she's flat out like by the end of the, the show, she's into the, the trilogy she's yeah. sword fighting she's doing mm-hmm. whatever yeah. but that's the thing that stinks about doing this is we're going to want to sit down and watch all five all of, of them. them yeah well we probably will even the new one which I haven't seen but I, I, want, I only like because have you seen the trailer with I don't remember Jack Spittle no you will find Jack Spittle will you no. find him bring him through it's like it's the <laughs> it's the dude from um the bad guy in Skyfall and the bad guy in No Country for Old Men he's like I can't roll my R's but he's like Jack Sparrow. Like Jack Sparrow. And he's, yeah, so he does it like yeah. He's like, well, you find... We may have to watch that trailer before just because it's so it's such a weird character. Uh-huh. And I think that's why all the villains in these are so good because they're like... I feel like Gore Verbinski went, could you weird this guy up a little more? And everyone's yeah. like, I sure can. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I think that's part of why we like Our Flag Means Death so much because there are so many interesting takes yeah, on oddballs. pirate oddball characters. Uh, the last thing I have is just that the original title was just Pirates of the Caribbean without mm-hmm. the Curse of the Black Pearl. They changed it with hopes to do a sequel. And obviously, as we know, they went on to do five. So Yes. Let's check it out, but I want you to be thinking, we're not counting the main cast, we're not counting Lee Ehrenberg and Mackenzie Crook. You have to have your favorite background pirate. Okay. So we're going to be thinking about that, what we do. Um, folks, we may watch the Shanghai Disney ride through. We may watch the trailer with uh, Javier Bardem. But then eventually, we're going to take the VHS out of the clamshell and stick it in the VCR. See you on the other side, listeners. Hello, listeners. We are back. We have just watched Pirates, the first one. Well, yeah, you know. I didn't know if we were going to do all of them. I don't, I don't, uh, go, go, I mean, maybe someday, but probably <laughs> we're going to just stick to this. Okay. Uh, it was great. It was yeah. everything I remembered. And we haven't seen it together because you and I were both like quoting at each other. And mm-hmm. I feel like I would have remembered I that. Doing yeah. That, but I, we, I was a little shocked at how many of the lines, like, you're not much of a. Lines girl? I don't know what how to say this, but you're not someone quote, who remembers. There's a handful of movies I can quote. This is one of them. But yeah, I'm not one to retain that knowledge unless mm-hmm. it's something I really love and have seen a lot. I've seen this probably over 20 times, I would say. Yes. Because I used to watch it so much. Yeah, I it was it, it, I you know was pricing it even more than that, which is a which is my you know forty or fifty times is probably your twenty times. Yeah, and also I haven't seen it and since we've been together, so at least ten years since my last watch through. It's great. I mean, 
people there's a lot of like you know people talk about diminishing returns in the sequels this one is just so good on its own and i recommend everybody check it out if if you you know skip through and you're just listening to the podcast it's 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 great it it holds up pretty well i think so yeah um it's just funny it just it, it it despite it being based on an ip and i think it's just like so minimally based on an ip yeah it's just such a good like original weird idea and they take it in such there's such a an interesting vision of what this world is and how like it's a very you know it's 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 dirty it's different it doesn't feel it it doesn't feel disney despite being disney yeah and i think i don't know it's i'm interested to see uh jungle cruise and see how that comes that that Mm -hmm. that pairs up with it yeah let's 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 go into it and listeners and my wife i saw a lot of notes being written but it is it was late more, so let's it was more of just taking the plot because yeah, there's yeah, yeah. so much so i don't think i wrote a lot of like additional stuff it's just mm-hmm. to kind of keep us on track with the plot but yeah this is quite a lengthy episode i've got a list of uh references to the ride okay would you like for me to go through that before we go through the can you go through it as we're talking about them yes, or is that harder is that more difficult to I'll do? I'll do my best. Okay. Uh so that we get the title right at the start. So it opens with the title of the movie. So uh kind of in moment 1 and we see Elizabeth as a young girl and we figured that she's probably 8 or 9 here because then it's 10 years later. So she's probably 18 or 19 for the majority of the film. So would you guess that the Commodore is 10 years older than her? Well, they try to make him look younger in this scene, but have the same actor. And frankly, he doesn't look... He doesn't look younger because the they just changed he's, his wig. Is, yes. Yeah. He might be using his real hair here. Yeah. So I would say maybe he's 15 years older than her, but he's definitely significantly he's, older. Yes. Uh, um, she's singing Yoho, A Pirate's Life, the song from the ride, which is sung three times during the course mm-hmm. of the movie. Uh. She sees a boy overboard. It winds up being who we know as Will Turner. And they come across this fiery wreckage. And in the back, she sees the Black Pearl. We're also introduced to Mr. Gibbs, who is... Joshua me Gibbs. Who is my favorite of the pirates. But we decided he's too much of a main side oh, character. But he's, he's such a big he really part of the is other the movies. Best. Yeah. He's, like, I think he's the uh, one of the few people who's in all five. He's really great. Like, he becomes kind of Jack's first mate going through the rest yeah. of the movies. And he's... Every line of his I was saying it was like Deadwood where it's that really poetic way of writing almost. Mm-hmm. Um, just beautifully written lines where he's like, I, uh, uh, leverage says you, a change in the wind says I. Yeah, like yeah, everything yeah. is, he's written so piratey. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. He's great. Yeah. Um, I'll find out the name of that actor because he deserves a shout out. Yeah. So I, uh, then Kevin we, McNally. Oh, good. Then we realize she sees the gold coin, the medallion around Will's neck, and they talk about pirates and how he's not the Commodore at this time, but uh, mm-hmm. they talk about how, you know, what they would do to pirates and, and how, you know, it's bad luck to have a woman on board a and short, like all of these different things. A short drop and a sudden stop is how yes. they refer to yes. hanging a so pirate. So when she hears that, she takes the gold medallion because she doesn't want him to be found out as a pirate. 
I think it's also because she's kind of weirdly entranced by pirate lore. Like she's yeah, I would agree Yoho, with that. Pirate's I think life. it's I think it's a couple of yes. things. Yeah, but she's I do think that's part of it. Uh, so she <laughs> hides it. And then she wakes up from this dream of thinking back when she was younger and now she is an adult. She puts on the necklace and we notice that anytime the necklace is put on, especially once it goes into the water later on, it calls to the pirates and that's how they kind of know I think that's the only time it legitimately calls. I think every other time there's like really weird music, but when it hits the water, you actually see like a boom, Mm -hmm. which is a really cool idea. So her father comes in with a dress as a gift uh, because the Commodore it's the ceremony of him becoming a Commodore and Norrington uh, this is the guy who's 15 years older than her yes and so there's this whole bit with the corset uh, with her which comes into play a little later here and then Will comes in Will Turner and he has a sword that he's delivering uh, for the Commodore it's a gift that her father from her father the governor Governor Swan played by Jonathan Price yes who's you know veteran British actor does a really good job in this movie yes and Um, is the Sparrow for Game of Thrones fans Uh, so Sparrow connection so it goes from this kind of chaotic scene of them trying to put a corset on Elizabeth this very quiet scene of Will kind of just standing around the entryway and he reaches up to touch something like a sconce and he just goes gook and like breaks off and he's like looking where to put yeah, it yeah where to put it so it's, no one it's notices it's a very good scene of him being like he does not belong it's a fish out of water yes, scene yeah in this for kind sure. of high society and which will make sense because you find out he has a pirate in his blood yes uh, and so we find out later that he is the one who makes all the swords but even in that moment when the governor thanks him and says please pass on you know to your master master that's what he says yeah he's definitely an apprentice to the blacksmith yeah and he says pass on you know this beautiful craftsmanship and will says something along the lines of you know a master always wants to hear that their work is appreciated, that kind of a thing. So you kind of get a hint there mm-hmm. that he's maybe doing some more of the heavy lifting. And then we get probably the best opening of any character, and that is Jack Sparrow. And we were talking about how he is so grand and he presents himself throughout the whole movie as grand, even when things are not going his way. Like he's got this almost it's not naive but this air of confidence even when he shouldn't have and he it. somehow stumbles like the, the the it's it's he's standing atop the sail i'm sure everyone who's seen it knows it and the first thing he does is he fools the audience that's the first yes. thing his character does mm-hmm. and then you laugh and you see what he really is and then the whole rest of the movie you under so by doing that you understand how he fools everyone else all the time because yeah he fooled you first and a man who's always <laughs> dishonest will be dishonest you yes. know he says that later on and so we kind of see this from moment one and you know exactly who he, he is in that moment if you don't know the scene he's on the top of the sail it feels like he's on this giant ship and he and it's this big hero moment he looks down he jumps down and the ship is a a very small dinghy and b sinking yes and then as he's coming into port he's back on top and the whole thing is going completely underwater and sinking so that when it finally goes with his foot like up to where he just sticks his foot out like calmly and waits for it to land on the dock and just walks away from his ship and then he's told he's going to be charged his boat yes to park his boat it's a shilling to to tie up your boat i guess it's not park a boat he goes it's a shilling to tie up your boat and we'll need your name for the log he goes how about three shillings 
and no name. He goes, welcome to Port Royal, Mr. Smith. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and then he, and and then he uses he, Mr. Smith later. Yes, and then yeah. as he's walking away, he gives the guy three shillings. The guy is excited to get, and he walks away, and he just steals the purse full of other shillings, uh-huh. like immediately makes his money back and potentially more. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So he's trying to commandeer a ship, a new ship. Commandeer, while, commandeer, nautical term. Yes, while <laughs> uh, the ceremony is happening for the Commodore, and he outsmarts these two guards and when we see these two guards throughout they're kind of um side characters they have names let me find them real quick they're like uh, it's murtog and mulroy yeah and i like them they bring a good humor to it and again it's another way we see him outsmart and he starts by just talking about the black pearl talking about you know what it's about and they don't one of them believes in the pearl one of them doesn't and he's like, well, they don't leave any survivors. And I love Jack Sparrow's line. He has so many good lines like this. That's, well. If there's no survivors, how do they, who tells the story? Exactly. That's later when he's in the jail. But yeah. Oh, okay. But I, I want to say real quick about uh, Mulroy and Murtog. Like this movie is full of just character actors like yeah. real interesting faces and people gi- giving great performances for very small characters mm-hmm. which I think really adds to this movie and also why this movie has so many like oh you have background characters you remember and people you're like oh I remember this pirate that looked like this I remember this yeah. this this guy like Gillette is his second in command the the Norrington second in command who I just remembered because they said Gillette this time but I like always remember that character because he's such a Haunts. Yeah. And like just like very, very uptight British person. Yeah, yeah. They did a lot of deep character study and how they wanted these characters to look to act in this world, how they interact with one another. And I think it's pretty solid for the most part. You know, they act as they should and it mm-hmm. feels very natural. Uh, so we cut back to there's a lot of cutting back and forth between different locations, between different things that are going on in this movie. And we go back to the ceremony and the corset is getting a bit tight. So the Commodore is coming up to Elizabeth. She's, you know, very uncomfortable. He just thinks that she's taken aback by him, I guess. Uh, and this is where he proposes marriage to her. And at that moment, she falls over into the water because she basically passes out from the corset being too tight. And this is Jack looks at the two. Uh, soldiers and uh, and that's when they made me their chief yeah and then that's that's it that's it and that but was he looks when at- i saw that movie the first time i remember going home and trying to fu- like being like dad you and i need to see this movie together yeah. and like we have to go see it and, yeah but mostly because of that line and he lost his mind yeah on that. so he looks at them and it's funny because neither one of them can swim but they're a part of the royal navy so that's also like another little funny thing and then he goes in after her and he's the one who saves elizabeth mm-hmm. so then he winds up taking off her dress to lighten the load well, to- and then he takes off her corset and the guy's like i wouldn't have thought of that and he goes clearly you've never been to singapore yeah these are all like a lot of good this one-liners movie was this so is the first quotable. like 10 minutes not even of the movie i will also say that this movie the the, the line later where he's like where's the rum gone like I started watching this just as this movie came out like I'd been 21 for like a few months. Mm, so yeah. like that became like anytime we're out like where's the rum going? Yeah, it's just yeah. a stupid thing we said in college uh-huh. all the time. So when she goes into the water, she's wearing the medallion and that's where we see the whole water kind of react mm-hmm. to the medallion. And all of a sudden the winds change. It gets very dark. It starts getting stormy. And 
the Commodore wants to kill Jack Sparrow. He realizes he is a pirate. He realizes he's Jack Sparrow by looking at his tattoos. And her first statement is, well, you'd kill my rescuer. So she's trying to plead, like, don't kill him. And so he winds up then taking, he sees an opportune moment, which happens many times throughout Mm -hmm, the film, mm -hmm. for him to get away. And he takes her hostage. And he takes her hostage so he can be let go and escape that way. And his exit is so good there. Yes, because he does such a good job. Like we were talking, there's a scene where he's running across like gangplanks and running across the bridge. And it's situations where we're pretty sure it's a it's a stunt double because they're shooting at him. There's explosions yeah. going off around him. And I can imagine the stunt double being like, how do you want me to run? Like, yeah, like, yeah. like I'm trying it's, to explain. It's very we seamless. need you to do the stunt, but you also need to look like... <laughs> Like Johnny Depp being a weirdo. Yeah. And again, his confidence when he exits here. And Mm -hmm. I love the, you almost caught Jack Sparrow. He always corrects. And then he goes flying up there and he's screaming like, ah! It's so good. So nuts. So he ends up in the blacksmiths, which is where we then meet up with Will again. And this is how we realize Will is the one who's making all the swords and the blacksmith Mm -hmm. is passed out drunk uh, on the ground. And so this is a, amazing fight scene very, between very the two cool. of them yeah they did it's such a good fight scene but it's also like the lowest key fight scene in this movie yes out of because all it's of just them. two people but it's so it's really well but done. it lets you know what you're in for because again this is what maybe 15 minutes into the movie it's not that long into it yes and it also establishes that jack isn't completely like there's something to him. He's not just he's not just fumbling his yeah. way through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, well, he can fight. And we talked about how he's really an opportunist. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not ever wishing ill will. It's just he's in a situation. He's gotten himself in the situation, and then he just looks for the easiest way out. And you mentioned that that in D and D is called chaotic neutral. <laughs> he's chaotic neutral, which yeah. means he doesn't have an alignment towards good or evil. And so it's basically like you're either there's there is good, neutral and evil. And then the other way is chaotic, neutral and lawful. So like. I think Norrington is like almost lawful, neutral. Yeah. And then there's like lawful good. It's 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 hard to explain, but like. Jack is definitely chaotic and that he's kind of crazy and he's an agent of chaos. But it, it, he looks out for himself more than everything. I think he leans a little good and like maybe his his uh, arc in this is the is the arc from neutral to good and to kind yeah. of having like friends and family and that sort mm-hmm. of thing. But yeah, I, I it's funny because I remember at the end when he gets the best of Will and he's got a gun to him. And he's like trying to get by him. He's like, move. And he's like, we're all shooting. He goes, no. He was like, move, please. And I remember being like, he doesn't want to shoot him because he's a good guy. And then I thought about it later and I was like, no, he doesn't want to shoot him because he's saving that one shot for Barbosa. Like, yes. Like, yeah. he's, it's not he necessarily always, him being says, a good guy. He's like, that shot is not meant for you. Yes, that's right. I forgot yeah. I said that. But, I, you know, there might be some good guy, but you can't tell. Like, maybe exactly. it's, he's going to be a good guy. Maybe well, he's. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to let you finish your sentence. Maybe he's looking up for, he's saving it for Barbosa. Yeah. Well, the other thing he says later on is Elizabeth, when they're in the treasure cave, she's like, is Jack on our side? And <laughs> Will's like, at the moment, <laughs> yes. So it's very much, again, opportunistic. It's yes. whatever like benefits him the most. But they do this whole scene. And at one point, he blows like 
uh, dust on him, and I read that that was cocoa powder. And you can kind of tell if as you soon know as you that, said it that it is. Yeah. yeah, I think it's supposed to be ash or something from the billows. Yeah, and one of the one of the lines I love. I mean, there's so many good lines, but at the end, Will says, "You cheat it," and he goes, "Pirate." pirate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I love that one, and that's where he talks about this shot is not meant for you. And then the drunk blacksmith hits him over the head with a bottle, and then that's how he's caught. And Norrington like thanks the blacksmith. Yeah. So then it cuts to the dog with the key and that's, that's obviously another thing from the uh from the ride his yeah. line that dog is never going to move references that the dog is stuck there oh, stuck in that loop funny. forever yes. in the line uh-huh, uh-huh. and then it in cut, the ride i mean yeah and then it cuts to elizabeth in bed uh you know she's had a, a very trying day uh almost drowning and she starts talking with um her i guess chambermaid and she says she thinks that the chambermaid is referring to the Commodore's proposal, like all the excitement of the day. She's like, no, being well, that must have held been captive. Yeah, yeah, being held captive by the pirate, which we find Elizabeth finds more exciting than terrifying is what we come to find out. Like mm. she wants more of a thrill and more excitement in her life than kind of what's currently going on. And so then we start seeing the pirates arrive. We start the, seeing the Black Pearl. We hear the cannons. And then we get this big battle scene throughout the town uh, and in through the jail and into Elizabeth's house with all the pirates coming. And we find out we find out pieces of the lore of what exactly is going on. So you don't get a, a exposition dump of the lore of the Aztec gold all at once, mm-hmm. but you get it kind of throughout, which I like because it just keeps adding to it. So the yeah. first thing... It, it's a mystery, but it's not a mystery that the... that It's a mystery like you figuring out exactly what's going on. It's not a mystery that they're trying to solve. Yeah, and I like that. I like that they don't give it to us all at once. I think it's more interesting this way. So the first thing we find out is the gold calls to them. The pirates specifically tell her that. And they see she's got the medallion. She says parlay and you have to take me to a captain. Like those are the rules. That's going into what I was saying about like she's steeped in pirate lore and she's kind of a pirate groupie or whatever or pirate wannabe. Yeah, or she's read books, you know, fictional accounts of pirates as well. And so then we find out, again... We find out more about Jack's backstory in pieces as well. And we find out that he was left on an island after a mutiny. And we see the skeleton hand for the first time. So this is when we realize that they're cursed. Who I think is one of my favorite looking pirates. Kohler, I think his name is. And he's the the black gentleman with the dreadlocks and kind of this yellow and off- orange face paint that makes it look like there's like an x on his face yeah that kind of he's got a beard he's he shows but he's yeah he's the first one who shows he puts his hand through it's the first time you see someone turn to skeleton you're kind of like oh because there's moonlight coming through but they haven't done the official they they haven't said moonlight makes us exactly yeah. yeah they haven't fully told us that yet and so we find out that uh you know the name Turner is significant to them because she thinks they want to kidnap her because she's the governor's daughter. She didn't really realize it was all about the medallion. So she says that she was married uh, to Will Turner and that she's, I don't know if she uses the word chambermaid, but she uses something like that. And then they say, 
oh, a family heirloom, no doubt. So now they think that she's the daughter of Bootstrap Bill, Will's father, and they need him. And again, we don't know exactly why yet. And so she is then taken aboard the Black Pearl and is captured as she's trying to negotiate. And that's the other thing we find out about pirates. You have to be very specific in your negotiations. The broader you are with your negotiation, the more they're going to take advantage of you. And that happens multiple times by multiple pirates. So uh, next up, Will winds up going to the Commodore and he is basically pleading with him. He winds up getting knocked out in the fight the night before. And when he comes to, he realizes that Elizabeth's been kidnapped and he's pleading with the Commodore that Sparrow knows about the Black Pearl. He knows how we can find Elizabeth. Why aren't we talking with him? And this is where we find the Commodore's really drawn a line in the sand. He will not negotiate with pirates. He Mm -hmm. wants nothing to do with pirates. He probably feels the strongest against them, I think, out of everyone in the movie. Yes. And so this kind of infuriates Will, and you realize he cares for Elizabeth, and the Commodore knows he cares for Elizabeth and kind of calls him on it here, Mm -hmm. and then he storms off. And Well, he storms off to Jack's. Yes, to go free Jack. And this is where I wrote, I love Jack Sparrow, the writing of him as well, because he speaks in riddles, which is really great. He speaks in like not necessarily in riddles, but he's got like this rhyme. I don't know if it's that he speaks in riddles, but he has this way of speaking that it's got like a rhyme. It's got its own rhythm to it. And I feel like the other characters never know where they stand with him. Does that Mm. make sense? Yes. It's very enigmatic. Yeah. And so Will frees him, and then they do a bait and switch with the boats. He goes, we need to commandeer a ship, and he's taking the Dauntless, but really he's taking the smaller ship, the Interceptor. And what he does is he gets all of uh, the Commodore and his men, they bring the Interceptor closer to the Dauntless because he thinks he's taking the Dauntless. Yes. And then when all the men get on the Dauntless, they take the Interceptor and are like, thank you for getting it ready for us. We could have done this by ourselves. Yeah, with two people. And it's where earlier Norrington's like, that is by far the worst pirate I've ever seen. And then his like second command is like, that is the best pirate I've ever seen. Yeah, because like- again, we see the cleverness of Jack Sparrow mm-hmm. in that moment. And so then there's a great moment between Jack and Will talking about how you can be a good man and a pirate and how Will's dad was both. He was both a good man and a pirate and Will strap Bill. Yes. And Will kind of doesn't want to accept this. And Jack kind of gives him this ultimatum. He's like, you know, you can accept this or not, but you have pirate blood in you and you're going to have to square with that someday. Um, so then they arrive in Tortuga. And it's all, it's, it's wild many, madness. Many nods to the ride's burning yes. town sequence. Many pirates shooting people with their flintlock pistols. Pirates drinking w- rum, one drinking atop two wobbly barrels, and the other one uh, drinking rum while it's spouting out of a barrel. Scarlet uh, is based on the redhead from the ride. Uh, Josh and me, Gibbs, is wallowing with the pigs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's deleted scene. The rest are deleted scenes, but apparently oh, there okay. were more scenes of like things going on that, that were based cool. on the right. That's the big burning town scene. And then when we see Gibbs with the pigs, he needs Jack needs a crew, and so he. I like this bit again. This isn't a riddle, 
But it's the rhyme in which he speaks, which he's like, the man who did the waking will buy a drink. That that goes, whole it, bit. Gibbs it's is really like, good. Don't you know waking a man is 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 unlucky? And he goes, I I know the counter. The man who does the waking buys the man who is waked a drink, while the man who is waked listens to a proposition from the, like you know. It's always very lyrical and yeah. like a little confusing. And that's what I I really like a lot about his character. And there's a lot of thought put into that. And the script in general is really good. The, a lot of characters have some really good lines, and the delivery, of course, too, is fantastic. And so he wants to go after the Black Pearl, but he needs a crew, mm-hmm. and he uses Will as leverage. And this is where Will thinks he knows Jack's plan but really he doesn't know his plan at all and that comes to backfire later on and so then we cut back to the Black Pearl and Elizabeth is dining with the captain and she digs in she's hungry she's eating all this stuff he's looking at her very longingly as she eats and he's telling her to try the wine and the apples and all of these things and we find out why because food turns to ash in his mouth and this is where we get the whole story of the curse there were 882 identical pieces of Aztec gold from Cortez and how they spent them all they spent them all different places they indulged every way uh, and nothing they found nothing satisfied um the curse of of cortez's treasure is based on the talk of cursed treasure from the line from the ride particularly from the line and i'm going to read this as pirately as i can mm-hmm. no fear have ye of evil curses says you are properly warned ye be says i who knows when that evil curse will strike the greedy beholders of this bewitched treasure? Nice, Arr. nice pirate. I, I just love properly warned. Eb says I. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Good. But again, it's that rhythm, and that's throughout <laughs> this movie. They really, they really took that and ran with it. I think in the film. But this is the scene where she gets kind of kicked out into the moonlight, and we see them all as they're there yeah are it's in the so good it's so cool because we see first we see barbosa turn and then she's immediately when he steps into the moonlight and then she's immediately pushed and there's this whole choreographed well scene. she's pushed first before we see barbosa he's the last one we see oh okay and then he because he says the really good line of you 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 best be believing in ghost stories because you're in because you're in one and then yeah. he drinks the wine it goes through his cage, his rib cage which is another reference mm-hmm. from the ride I love that laugh he does at the <laughs> end there too <laughs> like yeah so it's ridiculous. so good but that monologue it's not very long but the you he they feel nothing the food turns to ash mm-hmm. that whole bit before he pushes her out to the crew is really good yeah uh, moment for Jeffrey Rush and so now it cuts to the crew for Sparrow and we're going through like who each of them are and Anna Maria we find out uh, is a woman aboard uh, who's trying to pose as a man because Jack stole her boat but he says he borrowed it and just didn't give it back and she's always Saldana who would go on to be in much bigger pictures in this much bigger parts really yeah and if I'm looking at the uh, 16 17 18 19 20 she's 21st build in this movie oh interesting. And it's just crazy to think that she goes on to become Gamora, she's she's uh, the lead in Avatar. She's mm. in the new Star Trek. She goes on to do all these like, you know, and all Pirates sci- is a huge kind of sci-fi franchise. heavy stuff too. Yeah, Pir- Pirates is a huge franchise, but she's like, you know what? How about I do three other amazing franchises yeah. where I have a much bigger role? Yeah, but I like I do like her character. And then uh, my question was: Was the boat? that he took from her the one that he sinks in the beginning. And to me, it feels like it is. I, I don't know if that... But, I feel like that might be a rowboat from the ship he sunk. Do you know what I'm saying? 
Because the boat he's in is like... But it has a sail. Like, usually yeah, a rowboat a, doesn't have a sail. I. But she goes, you owe me a ship. Like, I think, like, there... And he goes, I'll give you a, the Interceptor. Yeah. So I think, like... Maybe. that I think he, he probably came from crashing her ship. Maybe. Or God knows how many ships he's crashed. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, we then cut to they're all on the interceptor stormy seas because they're getting they're catching up to the black pearl so mm-hmm. things are getting a little bit intense for that all of them stormy scene is a miniature which is the the i think i talked about this in the previous before we started about the guy looking like godzilla that they like zoom out and you think it's a real ship and they zoom out and there's yeah. just a guy standing next <laughs> to it like almost like in the water. Which is pretty cool. Uh, so we go back to the Black Pearl and back to the island with Elizabeth. And so we're we're like right behind the Black Pearl. So you mm-hmm. kind of see where they are and they're heading to where the treasure is. And then we go back to Sparrow and he's navigating through lots of shipwrecks. Oh, this is where we get some more Sparrow lore. Yeah. And how he was shipwrecked. They, before they left he, him on the island to die. They left him on die. the island before they got the treasure. And they took the Black Pearl and they're like, and he was driven mad by the sun. And that's where we get Orlando Bloom's imitation of him and stuff yeah. like that. And they talk about the one shot in the pistol. So this is mm-hmm. where we realize that that one shot is for that pirate and you can't really do any hunting with that. And mostly it's if you go mad. Yeah, it's, it's a way that end you can things end early. things. Uh, and so now we know that really that shot is meant for Barbosa because he's the one who is the mutiny. He yes. was the first mate. Uh, and I think we find that out here about him being the first mate and mm-hmm. and all of that. So they all get into the treasure cave and Jack talks to Will and Will immediately wants to rush in. And he's like, I really just basically he tells him to cool it without saying cool it. But he's like, I need you to just stay here and I need you to trust me. Like I, I at which up until this point, I can understand why Will doesn't want to trust him. But for the most part, he's delivering on what he said. He said he would get him to Elizabeth and he did that. So he asks him to wait for an opportune moment. And this comes into play a couple different times in the film. Mm-hmm. And instead, Will thinks he's using him as leverage, which he kind of, he is. He uses him as leverage later on. And so he knocks him out with an oar and he says, I'm not going to be your, your leverage, I think he says. And then he goes to get Elizabeth. And so the pirates start freaking out. They're getting really... Because her blood doesn't work. And yes. They have to spill her blood. In the thing, which I think I like that and they, they just cut her hand and just a use turner. a tiny little bit. Yeah. And she's like, and it, it, I just like that. Like, I thought that's it. And he's like, waste not. Like, yeah. it's, I, he's smart. Barbosa is very smart. Yes. And we see that early on when she's negotiating with him with the parlay. Mm-hmm. We see how smart Barbosa yeah, is or in she that says, moment. He's like, that's a lot of long words. I'm We're merely but humble pirates. And yeah. then he responds with like, I am disinclined to acquiesce, acquiesce. your request yes, or whatever. It's so good. Uh, so Will winds up rescuing her and he takes all their oars. So now they can't, you know, they can't catch up to them right away. And when they get back on the ship, Will finds out that stick to the code. When Jack leaves, he says stick to the code. And he explains what that means is if a pirate is falls behind, they get left behind. And so that's what he says. He said Sparrow fell behind. And so they all leave Jack. And now Jack and Barbosa are negotiating and he locks him in the brig of the Black Pearl as Jack is trying to negotiate mm-hmm. now this new set of circumstances and how to get out of it. And the Black Pearl 
starts catching on the interceptor, catching up to them. And this is a whole very like jam-packed action sequence. But when they're coming up with ideas on how they can fight off the Pearl, both Will and Elizabeth kind of have this crazy idea on what to do. And I love that Gibbs says, you're daft as Jack. So they all have a similar way of thinking, even though they all see themselves very differently from one another, which I think is kind of cool. One thing that's an interesting story here. Uh, there's a quick shot of a skeleton sprawled on the on the beach. I think he was on the rocks with a s- sword stabbed in his back. Yeah. And a crab nearby. Originally, Jack was going to lead Will Turner to the caves of Isla del Muerta and trade Will de Barbosa for a ship. But that was a scene the riders didn't want to have happen yet because they didn't want Will to get captured so quickly. So they went back to the ride and saw the crabs on the beach vignette with the backstab skeleton which landed as an iconic representation of betrayal Mm. they realized that will could anticipate jack's betrayal of him and simply clobber jack with an oar at the key moment and even leave jack to his death writer terry rosio said he was pleased when having a crab wrangler on set to see the attention to detail that's fun i like that uh so now this huge battle scene takes place between the pearl and the interceptor and they were trying to get lighter so they could get faster Mm -hmm. in what they wanted to do so now they have nothing to fill the cannons with so they start filling the cannons with silverware and all these different things and it's kind of a fun bit because every time it cuts to the pearl you see silverware in things in the boat that they shot Yes. Which oh. you really liked. Oh, well, I like, is you, they're, yeah, as they're running through, there's silverware stuck in everything. Uh, Rigetti, who is the one with the... Um, wooden eye. Wooden eye gets it stuck in his eye and then he just pulls it out. Yeah. And I think those characters, the reason, because they persist through the next couple ones, they're, they, like, they do such a good job of looking menacing and then also looking very like like you want to relate to them when he gets the things yeah. out. Like they look very sad with all the stuff mm-hmm. they go through. Like they're very, very good. Again, great character actors instead of just kind of extras doing this work. Yeah. And so Will winds up getting trapped and they, it, they cause an explosion to the interceptor. And when all of this is going on is when we see the monkey who gets the medallion back from the interceptor and the monkey does smile. And it's actually really kind of fun to specifically look for that moment when it lands back on Barbosa's. It's right at the moment where he says, thank you, Jack. Mm-hmm. And Jack Sparrow says, you're welcome. And he says, we named the monkey. Jack. And the monkey does a huge smile. It's, it's really good. It's really good. So uh, we think that Will has gone down with the ship and they don't leave us thinking that for long because he immediately like pops back up Mm. on the Pearl. And this is when he negotiates with Barbosa and he does not know how specific you have to be with Barbosa, which Elizabeth has already learned. And so he just says he wants her to be set free and the crew to be unharmed. Mm -hmm. And so he makes her walk the plank. And this is when Barbosa has Jack look and he's like, I don't know if you noticed, but that's that same island. And Jack's like, oh, I noticed. <laughs> I know it's that island. And so he winds up sending both of them ashore we with also, one shot in the takes, pistol. He takes Elizabeth's dress and says, mm, it's still warm. There's a couple scenes where they talk about things feeling certain ways. And I'm like, ah, ah, ah you said you couldn't oh, feel anything. Oh, good point. Good it's point. Probably, I mean, that scene could be written off as him just being sarcastic. And just saying it to but say it. This yeah. is the scene where she jumped off the plank and was just like, she's like, I'm going to do it. Not my stunt double yeah so they go to the island and they find out that jack's like i was here for three days and then Mm -hmm. rum runners came and found me and took me away which begs the question then why is he like that if it wasn't like 
he was made mad by the sun. Like, he's just a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Or he drank too much rum with the rum runners. Who knows? Maybe, because that's immediately what he goes for. Yeah, he goes to see it. Well, and it also gauges, it gives him an idea of when they were last there. And yes. he says the Commodore's probably who put them out of business. So they... He, they kind of, she gets him drunk and he kind of tells her his dreams and then passes out. I think she's pretty drunk too. Her bottle is pretty empty too. I think she was playing drunker to kind of lure him. Oh, okay. Well then she's, it's interesting that the governor's daughter can out drink a pirate. Yeah, I, I thought at first she was luring him, but she seems genuinely like she has had a good amount to drink as well as him. I just think she then, because in I the think morning- I you too. Maybe, but in the morning she says how evil liquor is. So I feel like she she's angry at herself for letting oh. go and drinking is yeah, kind of how that. I took that. Because she, she makes a point, down. she makes a point to say how rum is no good anyway, and this is a better like plan. I, I figured she figured he wouldn't let her set everything on fire to make this huge smoke, yeah, uh, smoke signal that calls to Norrington's ship, and then and he's like, "It's never going to work." And then he sees the ship, and he's like, "There'll be no living with her now." Yeah, that's the best part. Uh, but I like the moment when they're both drinking, and he, you can tell how much he loves. The Black Pearl and talking about how the Black Pearl is freedom and, you know, why he wants it back. It's more than just like to go treasure hunting again. Like it's it's just that's his home. His home is that ship. And I think that really comes across in that moment, too. So the Commodore winds up saving them and then she begs that they go and rescue Will and the Commodore doesn't want to hear anything of it and she says I'll give it to you as a wedding present Mm -hmm. so she's going to basically sacrifice her life for Will's life because she's going to live in a miserable existence because clearly that's not what she wants right so that's what happens there and then uh they talk about Bootstrap being a good man uh so they start telling Will you know what he happened he with didn't Bootstrap feel good about the mutiny. About, yeah. yeah, the mutiny. So he sent one of his pieces off to Will, I guess partly so they... they I just sent one of his pieces off to Will and then they tied him to a cannon and threw him in the bottom of the ocean, which yeah. we all... If you've seen the sequels, you know he comes back and it's he's part of Davy Jones's crew. Yeah, but they felt... Played he, by Stellan Skarsgård from Thor and all mm. those. And it's just always funny because in the first one they keep saying like, he's the spitting image of old bootstrap. And then they hire someone who does not look at all like yeah. Orlando Bloom to play his father. But yeah, he felt that they should be cursed forever because of the mutiny that they did to Jack. And yeah. so that's why he sends off that piece of gold. And so we realize they have to get back all of the gold and that's the missing piece. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, this next bit is great because he, Jack negotiates with the Commodore. They go and he sets up this whole thing that all of them are going to be in the rowboats waiting for the pirates. And Jack says, you know, they'll come out, you'll do your thing. It'll be great. And you'll be able to like attack them. And then he goes to Barbosa and then he spins a different version of that to Barbosa. And Barbosa is going to go ahead and cut Will to finish, uh, to lift the curse. And then Jack goes, Will it be your funeral? And so Barbosa, <laughs> Barbosa can't help it. He's yeah. so annoyed. He's Why? so aggravated. Why would it be my funeral? Yeah. And so he asks them and he says, your men do what they do best. They'll attack the fleet. Yeah. And then you'll have two ships instead of one. 
you could be the Commodore, you could have a fleet, and I would take the Pearl back. And I'll buy you a really big hat. Yeah. And so then Barbosa looks at his men and he goes, go for a walk. And Jack wasn't expecting that. So again, his negotiation only gets him so far because then the plan is kind of turned on its head. Because they is, just walk along the bottom of the ocean and then crawl up the, the yeah, anchor and, that, and everything. Yeah, such a cool sequence mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of them walking through and then Probably also something they've done a lot of times like yeah. at this point in the 10 years they've been cursed or whatever and also so quiet when they're on the ropes as skeletons mm-hmm. like kind of slimily like sliding up it's mm-hmm. a really cool moment so they wind up taking over the ship and elizabeth sneaks out she's like locked away so she'll be safe she's trying to tell them that you can't kill the pirates. They all think she's kind of mad. They don't believe there's, her. There's, yeah, there's a big battle on the Dauntless. She sneaks off to the Black Pearl to release the crew. So they'll help her save Jack and Will, and but then, then they, they don't. don't because of the pirate code. Because so they, they're pirates. So she goes back to save Will. Meanwhile, Jack has is fighting with Barbosa, and they're having a big sword fight in there. Yeah. He's stolen a coin, so he is turning into... A very cool little skeleton too. Like he mm-hmm. can't be killed as well. They're fighting. They're fighting. They there's a bunch of. I mean, it's our usual thing where it's like there's a lot. It's, you really uh, just need to watch need it. To but watch Jack's it. sparrow as a skeleton is very a cool. Skeleton. A skeleton. A Jack skeleton. A Jack skeleton. His design is really cool. I love the clink of the sound when he moves the coin his across fingers, his bony yeah. fingers. And yeah, and so <laughs> his they're bony fingers. Yeah, so Will is fighting pirates. They're in the treasure cave. Barbosa and Sparrow are fighting. And Barbosa's like, are we just going to do this forever? Two immortals locked in combat forever. Yeah. And so then Jack takes his coin, cuts his hand, throws it to Will, who cuts his hand. And uses the one shot. And he uses the one shot on Barbosa. Barbosa's like, what are you going to do? I'm not going to die. And then Will drops them both in there. And then Barbosa's like, I feel cold. <laughs> it's nothing. really Does good. He, he says, I feel cold. I feel cold. Yeah. And then he dies. Yeah. It's a good death. It's a really, that whole sequence and scene is really great. And then when. You cut back to the pirates. They see they're under the moonlight. They see they're under the moonlight, and they also see that they're not skeletons anymore, and they immediately all drop their weapons to surrender. And then it cuts to Sparrow now at the gallows. Yes. He goes, Jack Sparrow, you have been charged. He's like, Captain, Captain. Yeah. He's like impersonating a clergy, and he's like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's He's like reliving like the moments that he's like being tried for. But we see the parrot with Cotton, who I don't know that we mentioned, one of his crew. Cotton has had his tongue cut out, but he has taught his parrot to respond for him, which seems... I'm skeptical that it's actually responding for him. It and feels not just more like saying people phrases. are putting words in yeah. his mouth. Yes. But uh, we see the parrot fly by, and then Will confesses his love for Elizabeth. Will dressed up as D'Artagnan from, <laughs> as Chris O'Donnell D'Artagnan from yeah. Three Musketeers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The most flauncy of like pirating outfits. There's even a bit later where like, the feather gets in, in Jack Sparrow's face and he like blows it away. Yeah. And so he decides he's going to go ahead and rescue Jack. And then she chooses to be with a pirate. They have uh, a, Yeah. They have a very cool scene where they mm-hmm. escape and they do this kind of thing with a rope. Again, check it out. Yeah. They all side on Jack's side and Norrington's like, you know, realizes like this is what you've chosen. 
you know, blah, blah, blah. And Jack uses this opportunity to like, he goes to North. He's like, I need you to know I was always rooting for you. Yeah. And he's like, goes to Elizabeth. He's like, it never would have worked out between us. She's like, what? And then he just leaves. No, no. He goes, nice hat. And then he's like walking backwards as he's talking. He falls off the side. The same place where Elizabeth fell, falls in the ocean, swim in the Black Pearl's there and they swim to the Black Pearl. And then like Norrington says some stuff where he, he points out that he always knew Will had made the... Sword. The sword, yeah, he, and that he better take care of uh, um, craftsmen who you know puts this much into his work. Better do that with everything that every he cares about. Yeah, Norrington always has like very like not direct lines that are, yeah. but they are. You know exactly what he's talking about. Yeah, and then he uh, does the bit. And then he says, you know, they're like, well, what about Jack? And he's like, he can have a day's head start. Yeah. So the idea is they are going to go after him, but they're just going to give him a little bit yeah. of a head start. So then Jack says, bring me the horizon and drink, sings, drink up me uh, hearties, yo-ho. Yo-ho, yeah. And then, we, and then we get a post-credit scene. With the monkey. Where the monkey comes back to the little the area you see Jeffrey Rush's body. The monkey takes a, a, an Aztec coin out and then like shakes all his skin off, which I had never noticed before. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> this is very gross. But yeah, so that's the end of, of the movie. There are four other pirate movies, one of which we haven't seen, but- I, in general, I like yeah. I like the next one. I don't remember liking the third one as much. Like it's mm-hmm. it's diminishing returns for me, but I liked the second one a lot, even though a lot of people thought it was very strange and kind of odd. But here we go. The questions we ask every episode: How was the princess? And I gotta say, in this case, the princess is Jack Sparrow. Is Captain Jack Sparrow. He's wonderful. He's such a weird character. And I think the same thing with the character is like once we started learning more and more about him by the fifth movie, I'm like, he he loses his in this movie, he's so good. He's because so he's mysterious, he's, he's weird. eccentric. Yes. Yeah, there's there's so and there's so much thought, you know. I would like to watch them all back to back to see the progression, but mm-hmm. I I think it's hard to keep that going throughout, I think, because yes. this this really was so good, especially his character. And it's understandable why people became obsessed with this character and have cosplayed as this character. And, you know, all the merchandise and everything that happened after it, it, it totally makes sense because you are captivated by him and you want to be in that world. You want to right. be in a world where Jack Sparrow exists. And, well, I think in his character was so strange and unusual. And I think like there were so many other and unexpected. I feel like they did other movies where they're like, well, let's give a weird character. I can't think of any right now. And I probably will as soon as we turn this off, but they're like, let's give a weird kind of dramatic actor, like free range. And mm. he'll be the lead. Yeah. Like, they even did it with Jack Sparrow. Where they're like, Hey, how about you do Lone Ranger? And this time you'll be Tonto. And it did not turn out well. Yeah. And it's like that, I mean, the, for, for a lot of other for cultural other reasons as well, but, as well yeah. but let's look at it. Just It was just like, that's a weird choice. Like, I think it was they tried doing that and they just could. This was just such a perfect. I feel the stars aligned for this one yes, and it's hard for that to happen. A bottle. Yeah. Um, how was the prince? I think the prince in this case is probably Elizabeth and Will. I've got my thoughts on Will. I, I think Will's okay. Like. I think he plays the part he needs to play. I think if he, he came in being more of a character, he would have overshadowed. He's the complimentary bread in this otherwise delicious meal. Like, you know, yeah, like it's I not like, bad, but I like, like, I'm not thinking about it later. I liked his performance, I think, better than you did. 
But I will say you have to have some balance. And I think if he yeah. went too much in one direction, it wouldn't Jack Sparrow wouldn't have come off as good as he did. So I think that's part of it. Yes. I love the character of Elizabeth Swan. She's really cool. And, yeah. and she's done really. And she I like, only gets better through the series as far as her autonomy and, and she's things like that. She's smart. She's yeah. I, I like her a lot. Um how was the sidekicks and henchmen? I mean, we talked about how every single person, like you just are always looking somewhere in this movie at some just character. Whether it's the soldiers, whether it's the pirates. Yeah. Tortuga, there's mm-hmm. the crews, whatever. Like it's, I, I, I will say it's fun to watch Johnny Depp when he's not the focus of attention on mm-hmm. a scene. Cause he's always doing weird stuff, but everybody's like that. Everybody is so, all these characters are so lived in. Yes. It's it's wonderful. Yeah. I liked it a lot. And who was your favorite? We talked about having a favorite and we decided Gibbs was too much of a main character to be considered I, a favorite, but he is my favorite of the pirates that aren't like that core four or five people. I liked uh, I forgot his name, but it's the guy who reaches in after Jack and his hand turns. Yeah, mine would be Cotton time. as the other one just cuz it's such a really weird good. thing. There's two more I really like. There's the guy with the bombs. Mm, yeah. And then there's this guy on Jack's crew who looks like he's wearing the colonial wig. Like, did you? He's he has no lines. He looks like a governor woke up from a hangover and just decided to be a pirate and made no change. Yeah, like he's wearing old. Like he looks so, like a, a, he a little bit like Stead Bonnet from. I was gonna say he's our flag means death. Kind of, but he doesn't. But, but he doesn't look like he's well dressed. He looks like. He's he lost was, all his he money. He was kicked off the city council yeah. the day before. Uh-huh. Lost all his money. Went and on got a drinking. Drunk, drinking bitter. And it's such a weird character in the background. I've always been kind of fascinated with that guy. Yeah. I also, we talk a lot about how much wonderful eyeliner there is in this movie between Anna Marie well, and, and Johnny Depp. The and, makeup and the costuming, we gushed on it and gave specific yes. facts at the start. But, but there's it, some killer eyeliner. It really <laughs> is. It really is fantastic. Yeah. Favorite musical number. Now, the like... Da, 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 da. There's like so many good. I like the musical cues, but like But I like the the like creepy. It's not a. It's a. Is it a flute of some kind? It's 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 like when they're heading to the island. Yeah, it's another so, yeah. like musical cue. But the score is fantastic. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, but I kind of like that that melody there's it's a recurring melody that happens a couple times i can't remember specifically the instrument but i uh, yeah there's a lot of good i also this was a uh uh um excuse me this is a soundtrack i listened to a lot so that yeah was, remember the first game i ever did for uh, i think at all for the the guild hall little 2d animation where you were a pirate uh named iron meg and she it was basically she ran around and was like go to this guy and get this and then buy the and you know there's a little she shot things and you could mm-hmm. slash them but it was all we i mean since it was a uh guildhall game we stole like we just used pirates of the caribbean music for everything yeah um but uh please don't sue me disney um so favorite musical number uh does it hold up uh well i mean it's pg-13 I don't think you should. Sh- this is it's pretty intense. 
Yeah, I, think I would think, I think the I think, skeletons too. I would think that part might be scary for younger kids, depending depending on what they enjoy yeah. and what they watch. I think I it really say, depends. I would say double digit kids could probably do like you know yeah. like. I don't know. I mean, like ten, maybe the 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 youngest you want to go, but like mm-hmm. just in general, like female character agency. I think it gets better. There's not a lot of females in here, but you know, I, it's just a fun movie. It's hard because it's you know drinking, smoking, guns, fire. It's all the things, <laughs> but it is this fictional world that they that they created. Yeah, I think they could do better with it. I, I I don't know how much accuracy they were going for, but I think they could have done a little bit better with with ethnic representation i thought they did an okay job for that i would time, say with the crew the pirates yeah. is is more mixed um that's where you see it the most yeah and then it's a Which bunch of white people in was. england so yeah, exactly uh but yeah i mean always you know we always talk about what you can do better but i will say there was diversity in in that part mm-hmm. of the film um with those characters well, here we go. The moment we've been waiting for, which is we are going to And listeners, it is late. Captain so. <laughs> Hector Barbosa. Oh, that's a story. Hold on. So his name, like, they never mentioned in the first movie. I was going to say, I didn't know his first name was Hector. So Johnny Depp suggested it just as a character thing, and mm-hmm. then it got out, and they started talking about it on the internet so that when the writers were rewriting it, they go, oh, that's a good name. We should use that. And they 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 quoted the internet and then Johnny Depp was like no I came up with that and like pointed oh, out how it got back yeah. to him but frightening um I, I think he's a three or a four he caused the whole crew to mutiny against someone I think that's, that I don't think that's frightening I'm talking about like skeleton he's like a yeah scary... yeah he's terrifying but I, th- I I don't know I think he's I think he's scarier with what we also don't know about him, right? Like, obviously, he's seen some stuff. Obviously, he's been through some stuff. I don't know. I'm giving him a four. I thought it was... I mean, part of this is weighted because we're doing this based... This is a PG-13, so he's going to be kind of weighted in some of those Uh, I'm going to give him a four as well. Okay. Uh, Funny, I think he's a four. Funny as well. He's very funny. I don't think think he's hilarious, but... I'll go with a four. You can give him a five if you want. What do you want to give him? I don't think he's... I'm not laughing every moment he's on screen, but he has a lot of really funny lines in his delivery. Even even something that isn't necessarily supposed to be funny is sometimes humorous because of the way Jeffrey Rush, Rush's delivery well, yeah, of the line. Yeah, it seems like Barbosa thinks that he's very funny. And yeah. So that's some of the stuff is amusing. He's the only one who goes, just at random yeah. spots. So I think it's great. Apparently, he brought a lot of it was in his choice of wardrobe but for some reason he thought he's like i wanted her to him to be kind of like the wicked witch of the west oh i like I, that i think that's has a lot yeah. to do with the hat mm-hmm, mm-hmm. hat is great which brings us to fierce in which case i am gonna give oh, him a, a five, five yeah because despite the fact that he is a disgusting human he has got so much drag queen he's got he, the he's, swagger he's, yeah he's got the pirate swagger it's mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's so really good. good i love it um and the whole fact that like him wanting to be Commodore, but then when he also hears he's going to get a really big hat, like he is a he is very vain too, <laughs> yes. which I don't know. There's something there with that swagger yes. and that effective. I'm going to give him a four because I think he gets right up to the like he's doing the best he can with everything, and he was like one piece of gold away from like finally becoming human again. And then Jack- I mean, he does become human. He just dies. Right, right. So, oh, so you'd I see. I'd give it a hard four, but I don't think I. Yeah, give a five. I don't know that I'd lean into a five, but I think it could be a five. I'm mm-hmm. going to give it a four as well, but I think he does. He does fulfill the curse. He just doesn't live to enjoy 
not being cursed anymore. Mm-hmm. Design, he's got a five for me. Yeah, he's got a five for me as well. I mean, even down to his fingernails, like every little bit of makeup. Oh boy, and he's going to be high. His skin too, like it is weathered to a point that is wild looking when you compare it to right. the actor. And with that, I, I am going to say I'm giving him two go away heat simply because he's so gross. Like, I yeah. think that's a little bit of go away heat of like, oh God, like there's a little bit of that there. Um, like his, and, it, and most of it I will say comes down to one of his nails is split all the way down. Yeah, to the you see and, I mean, an I up see, close. Oh, there's an up close moment. Yeah. I think it's when he pushes her out into the yes. skeleton crew, and you can see his hand up close. I it doesn't curse me out as much. I think I'm going to give him a one. Okay. Uh, but I I also am obsessed with him. He's so yeah. Good. I have a five yes factor. Yeah, same. He is. Ladies and gentlemen. He also he, has a good entrance, too. Yeah. He is 28.5. He's going to be up there. Yes. And I never would have... I forgot we were doing... Oh, we were rating him. Oh, my him. God. We rated... He's the second place. <laughs> it's late. <laughs> we may have overrated Hector Barbosa. We have now put Hector Barbosa... In he is, between... He is tied in, in second place with, with Cruella de You know what? The Sanderson sisters is the one I think I would re-rate, but I think he kind of fits with Cruella. He's wild like she yes, is. I would I would put him up here. I think it's I think part of it is late. I I don't know. I'm into it. I don't think I think if we really were a little bit more objective, he might be slightly lower. Like I don't maybe think might, by much though. Yes, I think he'd be I agree. Wow. Wow. I'm, I'm fine. I can't believe we found another top tenner. I thought we were done. Yeah. Well, uh, do you like it? Yes or no? Add it to the collection. Put we it in the own vault. it. We, we own watched it. our copy of it tonight. I think so I we, think that answers I'm already it. thinking, do we want? Do I want to try and get the 4K version? So maybe it'll ha- make sure it has the correct. Yeah, it doesn't have a commentary on the yes. first one, which we were super well, bummed since we both talked about how much we liked the, the commentary. The one we have, we got like, it's like an English version of all five of them. So it's like the mm, British got Blu-ray, it. but... Folks, thank you so much for listening. Uh, uh, Shiver me timbers. Mm -hmm. We'll be back next week with uh, Jungle Cruise. In fact, we may have between this one and Jungle Cruise have a little, a little extra special mini tale for you. A little bonus, bonus, very short little thing we did uh, last weekend, last week with uh, Bree. Did a little Disney trivia and had kind of a report back for it. So hopefully uh, that will come out between this one and the next one. Um, But until we see you for Jungle Cruise, until we see the backside of water. That's the big joke I remember from Jungle mm. Cruise. Do you remember any jokes from Jungle Cruise? I don't. It's been so long since I've been on that one. I love that ride, though. I used so to like it as a kid, but like, I'll comedy. be honest. I don't, rem- <laughs> I don't remember it as, as vividly as I remember Pirates. As a kid, always like trying to be the class clown. I was like, yeah. get me on the one where they get to be funny. This uh-huh. is my goal. Yeah. But uh, until then, folks, we'll see you around. Take care, listeners. Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. If you've got a Disney story to share, a bone to pick with us, or just want to say hello, call the Princess Diaries hotline at 707-YO-TRPD1. That's 707-968-7731. You can send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com, tweet at us at trpdiaries on Twitter, or check out our Instagram at trprincessdiaries. Join the Facebook group to post Disney memes, vote in our Disney theme brackets, and meet other fairy tale friends. Facebook.com slash groups slash TR Princess Diaries. 
Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review. Check out pods.link slash trprincessdiaries for all the places you can find us on the web, including how you can support us through our coffee account or our Redbubble merchandise store. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after. Thank you.